welcome to a brand new day with Stephanie J. I am your host, Stephanie J. Delighted to be with you on this day because it is the day that the Lord hath made. And I don't know about you, but I am rejoicing and I am glad about it. What does it mean to rejoice, Stephanie J? Well, let me tell you what the dictionary says. It means to experience joy and gladness in a high degree, to be exhilarated with lively and pleasurable sensations, and also to exalt. And my acronym for rejoice is reach every day for the joy offered in Christ to everyone. And I certainly hope that you are doing well on this day, wherever you are, whatever you may be engaged in. We have certainly had a few days of, you know, beautiful weather and, you know, sunshine and they are anticipating highs of about close to 70 degrees on tomorrow. I mean, wow. So I don't know about you, but I definitely plan to continue to take advantage of these beautiful and gorgeous days that we have here in March. And before I get into my topic, let me just quickly tell you where you can pick up a brand new day with Stephanie J. Anchor, of course, Spotify, Deezer, Breaker, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Radio Public, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, CastBox, Amazon, and Spreaker. And my second show, which I'm no longer recording, can still be found on some of these same uh, platforms. Reset Today with Stephanie J. But as I said in a previous episode, I discovered that if you type in Reset Today with Stephanie J., on YouTube, it brings them up in its audio form. So, oh, there's so much going on there. <laughs> this has been, I'm going to say, probably one of the most, I won't just say busy. I have been busy just doing a lot, but this has been one of the most productive seasons I've had in a very long time. And I'm just grateful and I'm just thanking God and you know, um, this is a season of uh, consecration for me, and I've talked about this throughout various episodes on both podcasts, but uh, fasting has been a discipline and a way of life since I was a teenager, and it's a discipline that I'm so glad that I learned and begin to incorporate in my life, and I'm not going to talk much about that because there's so much information out there, but it's just something for me, it is extremely vital in my life. And so there are some, some things that I will kind of shut down um, when I am fasting and consecrating, but I, I just been so blessed like today, although I'm a little weary because I've been, you know, waking up early mornings, I get up and I you know, spend time in prayer and some mornings I'm sitting there with my, um, you know, my magnifier light reading my Bible before the sun comes up, or, you know, just reading, just worshiping, just spending time with the Lord. And I think 
this is just me personally and then for some of the people that I'm currently listening to or you know reading their materials one uh, I mentioned Devon Franklin I am so still enjoying his book uh, the 10 Hollywood Commandments which caused me to look up some of his um, messages and I mean he's just really a powerful um, guy he just really is and I'm I'm being so encouraged by you know things that I'm hearing and so even that is helping to fuel me at this season is is helping to propel me into some areas that I, I felt like I'm just kind of behind the ball because certain situations certain people have been what I call time wasters in my life and it it took years to kind of get some of this stuff straightened out and now I'm at a point and I make no apologies for it where I am just going on with Jesus I'll say it like that I am like soaring and flying high and does that mean that every little thing is okay no the enemy's still coming he's still going to try I can assure you this morning that one thing that Satan the adversary our accuser will never do is give up he's always going to try his hand remember as the Bible tells us he knows that his time is short so he's still walking to and fro seeking whom he may devour and he's looking for the weakest link and there are some people out here that just have a lot of time on their hands and a lot of people like to spend time doing things and engaging in things that would just kind of invite the enemy in well I don't desire to do that and so hence the 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 reason for spending time and 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 you know fasting and and prayer and just spending time with God because in this day and hour I need direction and I need instruction and there are things that happen or things that are going on that I don't necessarily want to take a lot of time anymore to work through or try to figure it out three different places in my home I have the slogan up you know how you can peel the sticker and you can affix it to something I have one in my living room that says uh live love and you know laugh and then I have one on my bathroom door, one in my bedroom, and one in my kitchen that says, let go and let God, and it has a little flower around it. And every time I look at that wall, sometimes when I wake up and I open my eyes, um, I look over at that wall, and I'm like, oh, that's right. It's a constant reminder that, hey, you are not in control, and I don't mind telling you, I don't want to be in control anymore. And so I've learned how to let go and let God. There are some things that are just above us and some things you know we're going to need help with I know there's still so much going on with the pandemic and there are many people still being affected in so many ways and I continue to pray and I continue to lift people up but I also continue to keep moving on with my life and I'm happy to report that God is still blessing over here I call this my spiritual Goshen because and that's a place in the Bible where 
you know, the children of Israel were when the plagues came upon Egypt and they were in darkness or the locusts came and various stuff was happening while the children of Israel were right in the midst in Goshen, but they were safe. And so, you know, I see the enemy still trying his hand, but he knows that he's defeated. He can try all he want. All he's going to do is to continue to fail. Why? Not because of me, not because of anything that I can do, anything that I've done, not that I'm so strong, but I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And so I've adopted this mindset many years ago. Like, I don't really care what it looks like. Like I've been through so much. I've been through so much fire. I've dealt with so much. And then when you see God working it out and coming through for you time after time, it, it ought to cause you to trust them just a little bit more. I don't know who needs to hear this today. I got on because I wanted to talk very briefly about um, a story. I mentioned a few times, Jacob and Leah and Rachel, but these past several days, this thought and this idea kept coming to me about time and about you know, I was thinking about some of the changes that we go through, some of the relationships that many of us have spent years cultivating relationships and only to wind up at the end and feel like, wow, you know, I've wasted so much time. I've lost so much. I, and, and, and in some instances, it's like, wow, I've lost so much of myself, so much of my life. And even Divine was mirroring some of these same sentiments. Um, in some of his messages and I was listening when I got in the car yesterday I wanted to go to another area in Virginia it's about an hour away I go there maybe once a month sometimes twice depending on what's going on and there's a particular business that I like to um travel to there but then there are a lot of other things around it so it just kind of makes it worth the trip and so the enemy tried to throw a distraction in. Uh, yesterday, I dealt with it. I had to deal with it. But um, I ended up getting on the road a little later than I anticipated. And so I'm having a good old time. And I'm on the road. And I'm listening to my playlist, my worship playlist in the car. I'm just enjoying the ride, just talking to Jesus. My son's in the back seat. He had headphones on, you know, on a tablet. And, you know, we're just enjoying the ride, enjoying the peace. And after a while, I, I turned it off and I put on uh, Divine's message on reclaiming my time. And in that, he plays a short clip of Congresswoman Maxine Waters when she's talking to a, reps, a representative of President Trump and she's asking him why he didn't respond to a letter that they sent out regarding, you know, um, the president's, uh, you know, dealings in Russia or whatever. And he's trying to basically eat up her time uh, with pleasantries and small talk. And she just kept saying, okay, I'm reclaiming my time. I'm reclaiming my time. I'm reclaiming. And he was like, you know, I thought that you, they said that you were going to allow me a chance to speak. And she's like, yes, they did. But what they didn't tell you is I am in control of my time. And so when you're trying to waste my time, I get to reclaim my time and then it starts over again. So no matter how much you try to avoid the issue, sir, you're going to answer the question. And that was it in a nutshell. And she kept saying, I'm reclaiming my time, I'm reclaiming my time. And that had been in my spirit, excuse me, 
need to drink a little water here that have been in my spirit about time i'm constantly looking at the ways that we're spending our time and managing our time and um i started thinking about the relationship with jacob and leah and rachel two sisters that ended up marrying the same man and it was not their plan that was not how it was supposed to go it was something that their father set up and so there was one phrase that as I was thinking about it, it just kept going over and over and over in my mind. And I kind of felt like, you know, this is kind of where I am. Now, at the time I was saying, now this time, I thought that that was the phrase that came out of Leah's mouth. But my King James Version says, now will I praise the Lord. So I'm just going to title this particular episode, now will I. I and I'm going to go back to I guess let's see I'm in the 29th chapter of Genesis and let me just read uh, just a little bit of the background just to tell you why Leah arrived at you know this phrase now will I and this picks up, I don't want to read all of the, the beginning verses, but it's when Jacob had to leave home because he tricked and deceived his brother Esau out of his birthright and his mother, um, Rebecca, who had devised this plan for her son to deceive her husband, to get the blessing upon Jacob when he prayed for him, um, Esau was very angry and he vowed to kill his brother. So his mother sent him away and they sent him away to go to where her family was. And I'll pick it up right here. In verse 10, it says, And it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. And Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's brother and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father. 13 says, and it came to pass when Laban heard the tidings of Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him into this house. And he told Laban all these things. So he told him what happened at home and why he had to run away. And Laban said to him, surely thou art my bone and my flesh. And he abode with him the space of a month. And Laban said unto Jacob, Because thou art my brother, shouldest thou therefore serve me for naught? Tell me, what shall thy wages be? And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, and Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And Laban said, it is better that I give her to thee than that I should give her to another man. Abide with me. Now, we have to be very careful about that. I'm not going to go too deep in it. I talked about it before. But the way he answers him, 
that was sort of like a loophole. You know how contracts have little loopholes. If you don't read the fine print, you can find yourself in a lot of trouble. And that's what happened to Laban right here. Um, I'm sorry, Jacob. When Laban answered him, it is better that I give her to thee than I should give her to another. And that'll come up again. Verse 20 says, and Jacob served seven years for Rachel. And they seemed unto him but a few days for the love that he had to her. And Jacob said unto Laban, give me my wife for my days are fulfilled that I may go in unto her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. 23, and it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to him, and he went in unto her. 24, and Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpha, his maid for an handmaid. And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, what is this that thou hast done unto me? Did not I serve with thee for Rachel? wherefore then hast thou beguiled me now remember now he's the trickster who tricked his brother two times first out of his birthright and then out of his blessing and as the saying goes and as it says in the word you reap what you sow so now we get to see jacob is actually although he ran away and maybe somebody needs to hear this he ran away from the trouble he ran away from the problem he ran away from his past but guess what when he got to the place where he was it caught up with him okay so listen to what laban says in verse 26 and Laban said, it must not be so done in our country to give the, the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week and we will give thee this also for the service which thou shalt serve with me yet seven other years. So see, he said, basically, I never said that I would give her to you. I said it would be better to give her to you. But hey, this is not the way it works in our country. But I'm just not going to tell you that up front. And that's what happens. We get duped in a lot of contracts and a lot of relationships. You know, people put stuff on the table. They don't tell you all the fine print. You have to get in it to find out, uh-oh, I made a mistake here. Anyway, moving right along. Um... 28 says, and Jacob did so and fulfilled her week and he gave him Rachel, his daughter to wife also. So that was like a down payment. He gave him Rachel one week after marrying Leah. And then he still had to serve seven more years for Rachel, the woman that he already served seven years for. And so it says in 29, and Laban gave to Rachel, his daughter, Bilhah, his handmaid to be her maid. And he went in also unto Rachel and he loved also Rachel more than Leah and served with him yet seven other years. Now, how do you think Leah felt about this? I'm quite sure this was a very, very difficult time in her life. And I'm sure it did a lot um, to her esteem, or say self-esteem, as they say, Leah knew that she was not wanted in this relationship, but the Lord saw this and look, look at how he dealt with Leah. And this is kind of coming to what I wanted to talk about. 31 says, and when the Lord saw, so somebody needs to know the Lord sees you today, that Leah was hated 
he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, Surely the Lord have looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. Now, this is how we get it twisted even today. Look who's doing something for her. The Lord has done this, but she's using this as an opportunity to get what she wants from her husband in the physical sense. And, and, and it never works out like that. It never works out like that. But she had this idea because children, bearing children in that day was so valuable for so many reasons, but especially to give your husband a son. And so she thought that that would just, you know, I guess give her some status. But it says here, in 33, and she conceived again and bare a son and said, because the Lord have heard I was hated, he hath therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. And it always amazes me because remember now, Leah was the one that he didn't like so much, but yet she's the one that he's having these first children with. <laughs> and she conceived again and bare a son and said, now this time will my husband be joined unto me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore was his name called Levi. <laughs> and she conceived again, verse 35 says, and bare a son. So now she's had, three sons for Jacob. And every time she conceives, she thinks that, okay, now he can't help but love me. I'm bearing his children. This is a mistake and a misconception that a lot of people make. We think that doing things for people will make them appreciate us more. And a lot of times that's just not the case. If you live long enough, you'll understand. Sometimes people come with a motive and all they want to do is find ways to use and manipulate. So sometimes the more you give, the more they take, but don't expect it back in return because it doesn't always happen like that. Unfortunately, life is filled with a lot of disappointments. We've all been there. We've all all been through it many reasons many seasons you know some things we knew getting into and some things just kind of snuck up on you but it's what I've learned it's is basically it's a fact of life some things we just cannot avoid but I think me personally it makes a difference how you move forward from that you learn from those experiences and you move on so I think and I feel every time I read the story, I've been reading it and hearing it for so many years. Every time I hear it and I get to this point, it's like a glimmer of hope because it, it lets me know that something happened between the time she bore that third and fourth son. Something happened. Something clicked with her to make her change her mind. Today, a lot of motivational speakers talk about a paradigm shift. We know that the Bible has much to say about our thought life and our thought patterns. But look at what Leah says in verse 35. And she conceived again and bare a son. And she said, now will I, now will I praise the Lord 
Therefore, she called his name Judah and left bearing. <sighs> Sounds like Leah had a change in thought. I think she finally realized, hey, I'm wasting my time trying to get this man's attention. I'm having his babies. I'm actually, she was his first wife. So it's like, I'm having his babies and I'm doing all of these things, trying to win his love, trying to be good enough, trying to be lovable enough to win his love. And I can't even begin to fathom or imagine or put a time on it because we don't know how many years this was going on. It turned into a battle between she and her sister. You know, her sister Rachel was angry because she couldn't bear children and um, she decided to give her handmaid to Jacob and then she bore two children and then Leah decided to give her maid. You know, this was like some real housewife stuff. <laughs> Crazy. But, um, she gave her maid to him. She bore two children. And then finally, the scripture said that the Lord opened up Rachel's womb. And then she bore two children for him, which was Joseph and Benjamin. And so they became the children of Israel because Jacob's name was later changed to Israel. And so um, Leah finally realizes, and and I, I look at that and I, I wonder to myself, like, Hmm. How long is it going to take for me to realize that this person isn't going to change? How much time am I going to waste in this situation? How much more of my life am I going to waste? Or am I going to wake up like Leah, have a paradigm shift, have a change of heart and mind and just realize, you know what? Enough is enough. Too much time has passed. I've done A, B, C all the way up to G, H, I, J, K. I've done all of these things and I'm not really seeing where it's making a difference. And so I'm sp spending and expending all of this valuable time because many of us have heard it. You've heard all of the messages you've written is written in books. Time is a valuable commodity. I was listening to divine saying, you know, when you think about it, time is actually more valuable than money. You can make money. You can lose money. You can have it stolen. I have, he has, um, you know, you can lose things, but you can always go back and get money and get things. God can call someone to give you something that's been lost. In fact, I had a, a situation I'll mention quickly because see, the devil knows that I'm, I'm in a season where he can't really touch me. He's still trying, but there's a place that you can go in God where you just start to elevate and come up higher where things just don't even frustrate or bother you anymore. You, you know, guys like rest here in a secret place. I got this. You know, you got to learn how to get to the place where you, where you value your time so much. And then you'll be like Leah saying, now will I, because that's where Stephanie J has been for quite some time. Now will I praise the Lord? Now will I serve the Lord? Now will I turn these things over to you? And I'm just going to go on, let people stay messy, let people do what they want to do. I'm going to to follow you like the blind men following Jesus on a path to regain or receive their sight. I'm not 
going to be a part of the blind, uh, leading the blind and following the blind. No, I'm going to elevate higher and higher. I told him I want to get so high. I want to be like, I can touch the sun. And I mean the S-O-N, not the S-U-N, the S-O-N. So I'm shifting my focus a little more every day. Doesn't mean that I'm there. Doesn't mean that it's 100%. Doesn't mean that things don't happen. I'm still human. I'm still dealing with situations. Is stuff going on in my life, but my focus has changed. I'm not allowing anyone to waste my time. I'm not spending my time running after anyone. I'm not doing that anymore. And so little situations have been occurring and it's supposed to, you know, get my mind off balance. And so last week I ordered um, a keyboard for my son from Amazon and I'm waiting for my delivery and it was a rainy day. So I ran out first thing in the morning and then I came back home and I decided to wait all day for my delivery. And so, you know, it was already paid for and I'm waiting for my package and in thinking of, I'm mentioning it because it's time. I waited the entire day. That's valuable time. That's time that I could have spent out. You know, I had things that I was going to do, but I said, no, let me wait for this package. And it was a surprise for my son. And so I waited, I waited, I waited. No package, didn't hear anything. So I didn't worry about it because I said, well, maybe the rain, you know, slowed things down. And I understood that. So the next day, I just assumed, and for whatever reason, I did not get the email. I guess I didn't check it, but no package. And I waited and I waited and I waited. Actually, I went out and I came back in. There was no package. The next morning, I discovered I had an email that said, on that day I was waiting for it, your package has been delivered. But I never received it in front of my door. And so I get on the phone and I call Amazon. And they're like, yes, we're showing that the package was delivered. And I'm like, I did not receive my package. And normally they take a picture and she said, no, it didn't come through the drivers. They uh, sent it through the postal service. So I'm like, okay, well, I did not receive the package. Now I've had situations like this in the past that have really turned into a headache because they want to investigate. They want to make sure you haven't gotten it. They want to try to go through the company and see... And what she said to me was, you know, okay, I apologize, but I can do one of two things. I can offer you a refund or I can just ship you out another keyboard. And I say, I give Amazon a lot of business and I have been for years. So they really are good at, you know, I'd never have any problems with them. They really are good at dealing with issues. So I told her, I said, of course, I would like the keyboard. It's for my son. And she said, okay, I'll ship it right back out to you in two days if anything happens let us know. And, um, I told them, you know, request a signature. Don't just leave anything at my door anymore. Cause right now someone in my neighborhood and I have some new neighbors that just moved in, um, on two sides of me, someone has a keyboard that they didn't pay for and didn't have the decency to return it. But that's another issue that that'll come back as well. What goes around comes around. So I'm not even worried about that. Um, Two days later, the keyboard was here and I was here to receive it. 
And so that same day, I was waiting on another package from Amazon as well. I stayed in the house, waited because I didn't want the package left. So this is my time. This is preventing me from being mobile, going out, doing what I wanted or needed to do because I'm spending time making sure I get this package. Well, my son looked out his window and saw a prime truck and he yelled down, oh, mom, there's an Amazon truck coming. And I looked out the door to see where it pulled up and it pulled up at our row. And so I just closed the door. I didn't know if it was mine or not. But after about 10 minutes, you know, I never got a knock on the door, but then my phone dings and it's like, your package was just delivered. Open my door. There's no package in front of my door. My son said they went about two houses over. I go outside and lo and behold, my package is lying in front of a new neighbor's door. So I picked up my package and I got on the phone and I called Amazon and, um, you know, situation was taken care of where they're not going to be leaving any packages in front of my door without a signature because I don't know about you. I value my time and I value my money. If I purchase something, I want to be the recipient. I am not just buying gifts for people to walk away with because they were delivered to the wrong address. And so there was really no frustration in the situation. And I can remember times where it did turn into frustration, but all is well and ended well. And it ended that way for Leah too. I'm happy to report, you know, back to the story. She wasn't the favorite one. She wasn't the loved one, but I believe she had a special place in God's heart. And I believe even from the descriptions, you know, the Bible doesn't always tell us everything, but even from the descriptions, the type of woman, you know, that Leah was, she probably was more of a different mother than Rachel. I believe Rachel was spoiled. She was used to getting all the attention and stuff. And there was a story where Leah's sons went out in the field and they found some mandrakes, whatever that was, I guess some type of fruit or whatever. And, and Rachel saw them and she desired them. And she said, you know, give me some of your, um, son's mandrakes. And Leah said, listen, there's the bitterness coming out. Le Leah said, is it enough that you've taken my husband, but you also want my mandrakes too? And then Rachel plea bargain and said, okay, he can come with you tonight. Just give me some of your man, your mandrakes. And Leah went out to the field and told Jacob, Hey, I hired you. <laughs> you, you got to come and see me tonight. So, you know, this is crazy, but this is what it was. I didn't, I didn't make this stuff up. I it's in the Bible, but, um, I, I just thank God that in life. Yes, we go through difficulties. We experience heartaches. We experience heartbreaks. Uh, did I just say heartbreaks? If I did, okay, double. We experience problems. We experience situations. We go through trauma. Some of, we grow up going through childhood traumas and dealing with issues that are other people's that become our own. You know, we, we just go through this cycle and, and sometimes we just stay a little bit too long. We just keep going. Like God said to the children of Israel, how many times y'all going to keep going around this? How many times am I going to sit here and watch y'all just keep circling this same mountain only brought you through here as a shortcut? Because I knew if I took you this way, you'd see your enemies and you want to run back. This was not supposed to be a 40 year journey. Who am I talking to today? Myself first, 
Some of these trips we take, we're not supposed to or intended to be detoured or delayed for years. Some of us have spent time in relationships that were not meant to last a lifetime. We spent a lot of time cultivating friendships and love relationships and marrying folk and only to find out I'm going around this same mountain day in and day out, time after time after time. I'm wasting time. I'm losing game. But you, do you understand that that is a plan of the enemy? That's what I want to get across today. I'm in this really um, in a few minutes. I have some things I need to get to. And, um, you know, Satan is a master. He devises plans. He, he even realizes he knows that he can't get you to do certain things. He knows that if I can waste enough of your time, if I can keep you, you know, dealing with um, this same old thing, if I can keep you here, if I can keep you frustrated, if I can keep you, you know, on the phone, if I can keep you uh, caught up in technology, if I can keep you scrolling and on Instagram and all this, which I'm on none of that stuff. I don't, I could care less about any of it. I don't even do Facebook. I haven't. I, I post a few things and that's that. And I keep it moving. I don't have time for that. I really don't. And I haven't made time for it. I thank God for that. I talked about in another podcast how I was turned off from that by watching my mother and her sisters and different women, friends, mothers. And then years later, my mother-in-law who just passed away, getting caught up in drama and soap operas and stuff for years. I was like, I, I can't see it. And so I just didn't have a high tolerance. I don't get caught up in no you know, nobody's lives, you know, real life, this housewives. And I don't have time for that. I'm living my life. I'm trying to do what I need to do to make it in. I don't have time to be getting caught up in other people's drama. And so I've had to step back from a lot of things and a lot of people and really start spending more time with the Lord because I want to hear what are you saying in this season? And I believe Leah woke up one day and, and maybe she came to herself like, you know, there has to be more. There has, God has to have more for me. I'm better than this. I've let this man treat me this way all of these years. And after I've borne him children and after I've done this and that and the other, and yet he prefers my sister to me and he loves her more than me. And I have to debase myself and go out and hire him some nights uh, with my son's mandrakes. I guess she said, how low can you go? Wasn't that a song? I remember that from somewhere. I can't think right now, but it was how low can you go? But, you know, everybody needs to come to that point. It's almost like the prodigal son. You need to wake up and realize that, hey, I'm living like this when God has this in store for me. I'm so glad she came to her senses. But listen to how that story ended. As Jacob or Israel was about to die in the 49th chapter, he gathers all his sons together and he charges them and tells them things. He prophesies some things over, um, over him, over them. And then he says in verse 29 of chapter 49, and he charged them and said unto them, I am to be gathered unto my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite. That was a cave that Abraham purchased to bury Sarah. In the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, 
uh, which means cave of devils, uh, doubles, which is before Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephron the Hittite for a possession of a burying place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife. And there I buried Leah. Leah won in the end, y'all. She might have struggled. She might have suffered. She might have felt unloved. She might have felt unworthy. But at the end of it all, she got her just reward. The Bible says, be not weary in well-doing. As much as he loved April. See, uh, April, what, where am I getting this from? As much as he loved Rachel. Rachel died on the way in their travels and he buried her in a cave after she gave birth to Benjamin. She died. It was a whole story behind that, but he didn't say, take me where Rachel was. He said, take me to the place where I buried Leah. And I bet you any amount of money as many of these sidebar ladies, many of these men will do. I bet he had some regrets about letting her go. I bet he had some regrets about doing her wrong. See Leah, what she might not have been the most attractive, but she was a good woman. And these men know when they have a good woman and you go out there and you mess it all up and you want to come back and it's too late. God will fight for you. He will give you your place of honor. All you need to do is make up your mind as I'm closing this out. Now will I, and you fill in the blank, whatever that's going to be with me, it is now will I continue to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I hope and I pray that whatever you continue to do on this day, it will be blessed. And I am signing off and we'll talk to you again another day.